This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello, and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for The Pulse. How's it going, Miles? It's going good, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I I go on autopilot when I do the intro, and I've realized that the way that I introduce you and myself is is not incorrect, but it's not as nuanced as it really should be, right? So uh, I'm Andrew Clyden. I'm the lifestyle editor for the Peninsula Pulse. If you've picked up the paper and looked through the arts and entertainment or arts and literature section... I'm the editor of that section. I write the intro. I do that kind of stuff. In case you're wondering if I just did the podcast or not, now you know what that connection is. And you're the content editor for the Peninsula Pulse, as well as a writer for the Pulse. So like I said, not incorrect, but not as nuanced as it could be. And I don't know if I can fix it because I've done it 300 times and I don't think I can do it differently. And it's weird because you don't want to get wordy during the intro. So you just want to get through, at least I always, when I have to do it, I just want to get through it. Right. I was afraid you were actually going to like make some crack about like that you forgot to mention that I'm bullegged in the intro. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you didn't go that route. Right. Uh, I just wanted to give people that context in case anybody was wondering who I am or, or <laughs> who, who you are, you? are or what who we do, because you? to call you writer and editor for The Pulse is a little narrow in that you're not the only editor and you're not the only writer either. No, some weeks during COVID, it felt like it, but <laughs> yeah, definitely. I just, we, we started doing this at a time where that was more accurate uh, and it's just not anymore. So I thought I would just yeah. update. We'll see if I Good can luck ever with it next week. Yeah. We'll see if I can ever change the script on it. Uh, we have a couple of things to talk about this week. We'll try to keep it short and sweet. Uh, anything anecdotally from the weekend or anything you're looking forward to this weekend before we jump into the news? I will say that it's been nice to actually see sunsets again after like the, the smoky haze of the last several months. Kendall Johnson from the waterfront pointed this out the other day when I ran into her and she was saying, we got to go out. We got to go. We got to get out on the boat and look at the sunset tonight because it hasn't been around all summer. And she watches it every day from her perch behind the bar at the waterfront restaurant. And I was like, oh, she's right. It's actually a really good sunset. I kind of forgot how clear it could be after being that the, the haze of the wildfires all summer. Yeah, I was going to say, you almost forget that we didn't have as many sunsets as we normally do because of how many photos of sunsets we get sent. (laughs) It's probably the number one image that we get sent every single week. Yeah, that and Karen's on the rocks. I thought you were going to say Karen's like at the store. I I don't think we've gotten any photos like that. No, I could have taken one of my sister this summer. She definitely went full Karen this summer. Yeah, I'm 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 avoiding going back to the, the place where she did this. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, uh, I guess the only thing that I have before we jump into the news is, did you hear that uh, scientists actually have pinpointed where the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs came from? No. Yeah. Do you know where it came from? No. From space. <laughs> With that, let's jump into the news. Miles, why don't we talk about the census first? So Deb Fitzgerald did some really interesting analysis of the census data. And I think the biggest takeaway that you had from it was just how much the population has grown over the last years. Yeah, I was, I was stunned by it. I mean, Deb dug a lot into what the numbers tell us about the changing, like small changes, but for Door County, they're big changes in diversity, um, some of the population shifts in our county. But to me, I just, I expected us to be flat or decline. That has been the trend over the last 20 years. Um, 
but the the numbers came back and showed that we uh, the Door County's population exceeded thirty thousand for the first time ever, and that would be a growth of about twenty three hundred people from the two thousand ten census. And in two thousand ten, our population had actually dropped from two thousand. So. Um, and in a larger context, and I, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, the last time we really grew in a rapid fashion in Door County was the 1970s when we added about 5,000 people. And it's more or less, I think we've added about 2,500 since then. So 40 years of very little growth. So to get like 2,300 people over the last 10 years, is that's a big number for us. That's 8%. Right. My question is, where are they? Yeah. And that's what I'm wondering as well. <laughs> um, because, well, what, where are they and who are they? Like, is this, um, and um, not all this data is out yet. Uh, a lot more data is going to come out from the census in the coming weeks. They don't just release it all at once. They get, that's a ton of um, information to parse and figure out and, and put into consumable form. So I think we're expecting a much greater detail by September 30th. But which communities... Uh, is this a city of Sturgeon Bay thing? Is it Southern Door? Is it Northern Door? That would surprise me if it were Northern Door. Um, is it elderly population, um, which has been the trend? Uh, did we add 2,000 more people in nursing homes? You know, which, you know, some of that, d- depending on that age breakdown, um, would say, you know, if it's a lot more elderly people, it'd be like, well, we, we might be looking at a much greater demand for certain services, both from healthcare, hospital, transportation needs, things like that. Um, EMS services. There's, there's just a lot that could come out of that. I mean, that, I know it's like, I'm sitting here talking about 2000 people and people might say, well, big deal, but for door County, that's, that's a lot of people and, and some long-term implications depending on what, where that population is from. Right. Especially because you have municipalities that have, you know, sometimes population sizes in the triple digits. So adding 2000 people, you know, you put 50 of them in uh, a place like Egg Harbor. I think the population is like 300 or something. 200 maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Then (laughs) you put 50 of them in there. That's a pretty big increase in the number of people that are there. Um, Depending on their demographics, like you said, it could be a big increase in the number of kids in the schools, um, number or amount of funding that schools get. Well, and that's one thing that's... Um, you know, we haven't seen an increase in school populations. So if we've added 2000 some people to Door County and we haven't seen that reflected in the school enrollments, that makes me think that it's a largely older population that's been added, more retirees, things like that. Um, Even though anecdotally, to me, it feels like, oh, there's more young entrepreneurs and maybe young families, but maybe that's just 100% anecdotal. Or there has been a greater effort to try and count undocumented um, citizens because they are counted by the census, um, undocumented residents. So I wonder if that outreach actually did did work in Door County a little bit more and that we actually accounted for a lot of people who otherwise weren't. So Hmm. Uh, going back to the idea of like the municipalities and the people, how often do the roadsides change? Like when you the population, yeah, when you drive through this, like population, it usually takes like a year or two for them to change the signs after the census comes. So, like, if the census is done in 2020, maybe like late 2021, 2022, you're going to see the the signs change. So, the signs change every 10 years, yep. Interesting because, like, again, in a place like unless they're unincorporated, right? Well, in in a place like Sturgeon Bay, where you have tens of thousands of people, that sign changing isn't you know that big, but in a place where you have like 250 people. If you add, again, 25 people or 50 people to that place over the 10 years, it, it can be wildly off. 
there was a time as a kid that I was like, I, I kind of like, I knew Egg Harbor's population. And I sort of like, I was like, we are a town of 253 people. And then it dropped and I was like, oh, that's weird. Like we're not, <laughs> to me, like that, that sign sort of like identified who and what we were. And I'm like, oh, now we're 180. This is lame. Like we're getting smaller. <laughs> the the other thing that people might ask, and, and this is a question I think we all have, is how much that is impacted by COVID. And I would say that these numbers that we're seeing don't reflect people who moved here from um, during COVID because the census asked to get your residence of where you were on April 1st, 2020. Um, most people would not have made decisions to move based on COVID by that point. Right. Remember April, you that was a stretch where people may have come to Door County, but the pandemic really started in mid-March. They might've been coming to Door County for a couple of weeks, but would still have, even if they ultimately decided to move here, at that point, they would still be listing their address as Chicago, Milwaukee, wherever it is that they previously lived. Cause they probably thought they were gonna be here for three weeks or a month, not making a life decision. Right, that's a good distinction to make. Anything else on the census? We'll probably go into it in more depth with Deb in an upcoming episode. Yeah. Um, but is there anything else? Because I want to transition using your segue of COVID to talk about COVID. Let's transition. All right. So COVID-19, we talked a little bit about it in a previous episode, just in terms of Delta variant numbers going back up in North County, whether or not there'd be uh, another masking recommendation, those types of things. Where are we at? right now? Well, we have the masking rec recommendation from the CDC and from Wisconsin Department of Health Services to mask in indoor settings. Um, the cases in Door County have been begun to surge a little bit. Still nothing close to like those peak numbers, but um, we have since July 1st added 59 probable and confirmed cases. Um, 17 of those were in vaccinated individuals, according to Sue Powers at uh, the health department. But those, none of those vaccinated people have been hospitalized or had serious illness. The, the rest are all unvaccinated. And the bulk of the spread is still coming from the unvaccinated population. As Dr. Jim Heiss said, we now have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And uh, I don't know if I'll get this quote exactly correct, but in his Facebook Live session on Monday, he was pretty blunt. He, he said, you can either, if you're unvaccinated, you should be masking up and uh, you should expect to get COVID. Yeah, I think the quote was something like, um, if you're unvaccinated, either get vaccinated or get sick. Yeah. Like it, it's pretty much not really an if I or if I don't anymore because yeah. the Delta variant is so much more contagious. And I will say on this uh, this Facebook Live, Sue Powers and, and Jim Heiss in their previous uh, Facebook Live sessions, interviews, um, podcast appearances with us, they've been very measured. Uh, they've been frustrated at times, but, you know, just trying to balance that with just getting a good message out. And they're still doing that. But I would say Monday is the most probably frustrated and fed up that I've seen them. Um, and even the language was more blunt uh, in terms of like what we just said of, um, you know, get vaccinated or get the, or get sick. But also when somebody asked a question about, oh, well, are you giving any of this uh, advice to schools? Uh, or why are you not giving this advice to schools? And they said, we are giving our recommendations to schools. They just aren't listening. So that was an interesting and and pretty direct message of, um, yeah, we're telling schools that they should be masking up indoors with kids who are unvaccinated. Um, Dr. Heiss said, you know, he's not particularly concerned about um, a big wave of hospitalizations among youth. The data doesn't still shows even as as much as the the, co the Delta variant 
is scary and maybe a little more scary than previous editions in terms of children. And there are um, reports of children being hospitalized at a little bit greater rate in some areas. Um, but his bigger concern was even if they're not, if they get sick, they have to quarantine and they have to stay home from school for 14 days. So if, if you're not masking, you're increasing the risk of them having to quarantine and miss class time. And if we're really concerned about education, if that's what we're all talking about is they're not getting the same education because they're not in the classroom, well, we're going to fight to get them in the classroom. But now if they have to go home and quarantine when they get sick, you're losing that too. So from an educational standpoint, he was concerned. Sue Powers was just more concerned about them. Um, she still puts her emphasis on the children getting sick and spreading the disease. Well, and the other part of it too is people getting sick is one thing. People going to the hospitals is another. And people going and being hospitalized has greater ramifications than just those people being in those beds, right? It's the exact same thing that we talked about at the very beginning of this. We only have a finite number of hospital beds. If those beds are being used up by people getting the Delta variant, then there's no room for people who have all of the other things that you would go to the hospital for, breaking a leg, having a heart attack, any of those things. So that's still the other concern, right? At this point, I feel like it can be easy to be like, well, I'm vaccinated. I don't have to worry about it. But you still definitely do need to worry about it because even if you go to the hospital for an unrelated reason, if there aren't enough beds for you and you have to go somewhere else and there's not enough beds there, your you know, your hospitalization becomes much more urgent when you're trying to find a place to, to do it at. Yeah. And that's a valid concern. And unfortunately we haven't had to face that except for a couple of blips in Door County. There were a couple of times when the, the hospital was getting pretty full. Um, and, but through much of this pandemic, we've been ma- able to manage it very well. We have a very high vaccination rate. I think close to 78% of adults have at least one dose of the vaccine in Door County. That's 18 and over. And we're, I think we're around 45% of children aged 12 to 18. Um, I would not be surprised if we saw some rush to um, vaccinate younger kids sooner. I don't think, I mean, maybe by the end of the year, maybe there would be a, a rush to do that a little more quickly, but I know they're going to be very cautious with that. Um, and the state of Wisconsin is now over 50% of all populations. So uh, uh, that includes those 18 and under. So the, the rates are going up. The vaccination levels in Door County are the highest they've been since June. Same thing across the board for the state. So with all of that in mind, knowing that there's a recommendation to mask indoors from public health, knowing that cases are on the rise, are you seeing a change in businesses or anything like that? I know that I've seen some businesses start recommending or requiring masks again. Uh, I know some places that weren't masking at all have had their employees start masking up again. What are you seeing? Um, well, right here in the office, we have, because we have a, we know we have a fully vaccinated office and we also have a fairly spaced out office. We have not um, required everyone to wear a mask again. Um, in, you know, I've gone to a couple of shows at the auditorium and everyone's wearing masks and that was fine. Oh yeah. Right on Door County, we require masks inside now. So I'm, you're, you're seeing it more and more. I was, I covered some uh, um, cases at the Door County Courthouse this week. It was all masked in the courtroom and in the building. So at the Justice Center. And I think all the county offices are all, all wearing masks again. Yeah, I, I don't mind wearing a mask again. My only hurdle was I had to go buy more because I don't remember <laughs> where all my other ones went. Yeah, I have lost a lot. Yeah. And they just disappear. They disappear faster than socks do. I probably bought a dozen masks over last year. I don't have any of them anymore. <laughs> so I just started buying the disposable ones instead of trying to hold on to a fabric one. I'm going to have to dig my fabric ones back out, run them through the laundry. Maybe they've been collecting dust for it, two months. Yeah, it seems uh, like so long ago. I know. Right. 
Last thing I wanted to cover this week. Miles, do you like the outdoors? I do. Do you like hiking? I love hiking. Kayaking? I like to kayak. Do you like Washington Island? Yes, I love Washington Island. All right, I was going to say you're looking left and right, but people can't see that through the podcast. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to- No, I do love Washington Island. As do I. And I wanted to highlight uh, a piece that Jessica Gatso and Sarah Ray Lancaster put together this week for the arts and entertainment section. It's a big two-page spread on a ton of different hikes and natural areas and different things that you can do on the island. So- it's really cool. We cover the Dahmer Neff Nature Preserve, the Little Lake Nature Preserve, the Richter Community Forest Nature Preserve, Detroit Harbor, Little Lake, the Nature Center, and Jackson Harbor Soup. <laughs> that one's not so much a hike, but I wanted to include it because I really like their soup. And you know what's great about this spread? It's not just your staple Schoolhouse Beach. I think we've covered that. Schoolhouse Beach is beautiful, but there's a lot of other great spots on Washington Island as well. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing too. I mean, it's small enough that you could potentially hit all of these things in one day. If you yeah. wanted to get on the first ferry and leave on the last one, you could probably do all of this on Washington Island and still have more like those Schoolhouse Beach, Stavkirk, those kind of big icons. Mm -hmm. You still have time to go do those on another trip. But this would be a great way to see parts of the island that you probably missed last time you were up or, you know, didn't even know about. And as our interns found out, the one wrench in this is if, I, I told them, stop and get an Albi burger and just read the sign on the window. And they did stop and get an Albi burger, but it takes a long time because as they say, when you go to the Albatross, you, uh, they're not interested in getting it to you fast. <laughs> so right. that, that ate up some of their time. So that was their excuse for not going to the Bitters Pub. That's right. That's the other part that would have been included if they had you know, more time instead of having to run to get to the last ferry out. Yeah, well, and this is why they're interns and not full-time staff. <laughs> If they're full-time staff, are you saying they would have stayed overnight? And I'm saying they would have known how to prioritize. That's all right. That's fair. Thank you for the intern <laughs> burn. Uh, one of our interns edits this podcast, so she's she's specifically going to hear that message <laughs> and enjoy it. Uh, so definitely check that out. There's a lot of stuff in there. A lot of stuff in the A and E section, as always, to check out this weekend. Well, bit. one thing we should mention is the Valmy Threshery um, coming up. That's this weekend, right? Yep. Um, Andrew, you've never been to the Threshery, have you? I have not. Okay. So it may seem to the outsider like something maybe not that super fun to do or whatever, but it's actually pretty cool to go and see. They do a lot of demonstrations about like kind of how um, taking you back in time with farming on the peninsula, like before everyone had the technology that we do now and the huge equipment that we have, um, showing you a lot of the tractors that a lot of back when it like 40 acres in a mule type farming where um, farmers had to be pretty resilient and pretty tough to ply their trade and, and feed people uh, in the county. So pretty cool. They demonstrate a lot of old techniques, a lot of old farming techniques. There is a pig wrestling um, event there that has been controversial in some quarters, but is also very popular in others. Um, so it's a fun time to kind of get a look at our heritage up here. Yeah, they do a tractor pull too, right? Yep. Tractor pull is basically get as many people on a platform as possible and try to pull them. Is that and how it works? I think it's something like that. That's pretty accurate. Yeah, there's, I've seen photos of tractors popping wheelies trying to pull <laughs> what looks like just a, a group of people. So yeah. <laughs> if you want to see tractors doing tractor stuff... Threshery is where it's that's at. Where, that's where you go. Well, Miles, I think that'll do it for us this week. Thank you so much for chatting with me, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thank you, Andrew. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.